Welcome to the most unclean, unhygienic, socially close, quarterly distance podcast next to the Joe Rogan experience. My name's George <laughs> Weedman, and my two co-hosts are Liam Edwards and Matt Visual. Everyone say hello. Hello. This week, uh, Liam and I went to cons after, you know, two years of precautionary diligence, after months upon months of trying to always do the right thing and trying to use our platform to encourage others to do the right thing, after suffering all the loneliness and isolation and the mental health degradation that comes from breaking our, our social animal pack coding that is written into the body gunk circulating through our, our veins and our brains, two of the three of us ended up deciding, perhaps maybe against our better judgment, to, uh, to go to cons. Liam went to Bit Summit. I went to Dragon Con. Uh, Matt, did you did you go crowd surfing at all this weekend? <laughs> Matt, did you go to oh, a con? I, no, hell no. But I did hang out with friends. A huge part ah. of it. it was fun. Yeah. So so you still you still got got some of your dosage of uh, the other people's air. <laughs> uh, n- not quite con air. That's uh, that's a little bit too much for me. Yeah, right it's now. been a while. I, uh, I'm pretty I, sure mine was a bit different to George literally sitting in a hotel room with people reading books without masks on. So so I, I did try to avoid the crowds. I did not buy a real Dragon Con pass. I just hung out in room parties with uh, uh, groups of friends that were like seven-ish around people were in there. I saw them. I saw with my eyes crowds. Crowds are happening it's a, it's a little nerve-wracking. I, I might want to get a test after all this. And, and there's a certain part of my, my psyche and my consciousness that just is struggling to decide whether or not I should be anxious about it or not. It's hard at this time to decide how light we should be treating it, you know? I think last week we were arguing over whether or not it's, it's finally time to make jokes about the pandemic. And on further retrospect, I don't think it is. Like, the numbers are not good. Hospitals are filling up in America, and uh, Japan's having a big yeah. spike after the Olympic. Uh... We literally we literally just got put on the UK's, the EU's red list. We're doing something wrong, for sure. I mean... Oh, damn. I just... Just young people won't get vaccinated in this country. It's like the it's like bizarro world. Really? It's, I just had my second yesterday. I'm so it's happy. It's a young people thing. It's a young people thing in this country. What? And, the, and the only thing they're scared of is side effects. Japan has a bad history with vaccines. Mm. Like and it just it, and side effects and stuff like that. And it is just progressing wildly through this country where young people just won't get vaccinated and it's frustrating as fuck because they're the people going out and drinking and doing stuff and yeah ugh. they're 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 the ones who will be spreading it the rest of their lives if they screw it up now oh so nice so happy to have my second yesterday thank you science that is a different dynamic you, you would think that young people who are like in school learning science and also, like, going through that chunk of their life where they're required to be in an institution with crowds every now and then. Like, like that's that's opposite of how I would expect it to to go down. It's it's old, stubborn people who haven't been in school for, for decades who are the ones that I would think would be would be their, your primary anti-vax demographic. I know. I know. It's uh, frustrating. I don't know. What, so you went to Dragon Con, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I... 
tangentially in spirit attended PAX West. <laughs> of course, in Kyoto, I attended Bit Summit, but my spirit was at PAX West and I was on like American time because Costa Golf was at PAX West. And they had to have proof of vaccination and all wear a mask and also socially distance. Was it the same at Dragon Con? It was, but I mean, there exists a certain small percentage of people who are buying contraband vaccination cards and everything that you said regarding socially distanced. Let's put that in quotation marks, because as I saw with my naked eyes, there were crowds like there were rules about social distancing. But as I could tell, they were not being followed. And the registration line looked like the usual, like it did in the the before pandemic times. It stretched around buildings outside, which I guess is fine. But when I looked inside through the windows of the hotel, it was packed inside. The interior had people not being separated. Were people wearing masks? People were wearing masks. They they at least, uh, yeah, I want to say like nine out of ten, but there was still the one in ten people who either had them uh, pulled over their nose or I just happened to catch them without it. But I don't like to believe that they were vigilant, rebellious anti-maskers being vocal about it. There was a car parked in front of one of the hotels with a QAnon sticker on it. And I mean, just like, like after the past two years, the whole nerd culture, real life interaction scene feels different than, than before. I, I, I don't know, guys. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of why I was like, a con. Cause like, I feel like those hardcore nerds are the ones that are going to be the weirdest ones with, with the fucking masks and getting vaccinated and all that type of stuff. And it's just like, Cause I know my friends. I know I know my friends are vaccinated. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know we care about each other. But, like, when I go to a con, I don't think none, none of these fools are going to care about each other, you know? And it's it's crazy to say because it's only a certain type of crowd. Like, I wouldn't think, like, then Dungeons and Dragons crowd would be like that or something like that. It's just like a certain type of just like... You mean the people who are not stereotypically uh, known for their hygiene practices in the first place? Yeah. Ah, uh, uh, yes, yes. Maybe, maybe didn't want to say it, but I guess I had to. The basement dwellers. The, 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 yeah. the, the professional smash tournament circles. <laughs> the one that have the smelly casts. And stuff like that, yeah. You you end up breathing in their their water particles anyway, whether there's a pandemic going on or not. Well, yeah, I'm I'm fine with that as long as they don't have COVID. Yeah, it was super <laughs> weird because so yeah, we were a bit summit here in Kyoto, and bit summit was like the first sense of normality I felt in a long time. Like I went there, and obviously things were different, but I saw like a hundred tables, and I saw people setting up booths, and I was like, oh my god, this is like. This is this is normal. Mm. This is kind of normal, but then you realize there's a lot less people. It's only business, so it's very different. And um, we had to like every time people sat down to play the game, they had to alcohol their hands. We also every time they used it, we had to wipe down the controllers with alcohol wipes and stuff like that. So it did feel it did feel like you're almost doing like a scientific experiment a little bit. That's how it felt <laughs> like you're. You're uh, yeah. collecting samples. So that was brings a, a whole new meaning to the term uh, 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 testing and trials. Yeah, exactly. It, it sucks that we're going to have to wait years. We're going to have to wait years to get back to normal. Yeah. But at Jesus. least we're doing it. Like, I'm hoping Pax said something like 93% of all people were vaccinated. You know, I'm hoping that 
for these things like i think bit summit was a success and i think most people who went to bit summit was a success uh, would think the same and think it was a success as well what i hear about pax as well is that it was different and people were not quite enthralled in the beginning because it was a lot smaller and stuff like that but the general idea coming out of it is that it was a success as well i don't know about dragon con george would you say the same i feel like this is a good testing ground for moving forward with these things it looked about 70 percent of what i would have seen in 2019 had showed up there but at the same there's a part of me there there was an anxiety clawing in the back of my brain that was constantly questioning whether or not it was worth it to even go to hang out with old friends and one thing that i noticed is that um among my friends who did go to dragon con the ones who live close to dragon con chose to stay home friends of mine who live outside of the state and had to drive four more hours to get there they were the ones who seemed to want to go more because i guess when there's more distance between some some long lost social connections the yearning to reunite gets harder that was a sort of interesting anecdotal pattern to to notice but I, I i did have my fun i'm super duper glad to see them i hope they're not listening so that they don't get self-conscious about it <laughs> but um i i did enjoy myself and had my fun with it but the whole time and especially the the two days afterwards there's a part of me that was thinking do i really should i really have done that uh, at the time it was should i really be doing that later it, yeah it... yeah yeah should we be doing this yeah. yeah yeah and then i had a great time and i won an award and i was like man fuck it <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know yeah it's fine <laughs> i mean i don't know i feel like we're at this stage that no one is going to be able to make a unanimous decision about this and what we can only hope is that we move towards normal life controlling corona to the point where it's endemic where it becomes like influenza it becomes like a flu which is a seasonal or a thing that just sticks around but the numbers so low that it cannot spread because most people are either vaccinated or wearing masks and such and the more we do these things hopefully the more Unfortunately, if you're listening to this and you don't want to take a vaccine, well, to be honest, fuck you. But at the same time, you're not going to be able to do things that other people do because you're going to have to require a vaccine passport. Same with flying, same with those things. And I'm hoping the more we move forward with events like this, vaccine passports are a must, you know, and we can hopefully then move towards some sort of endemic stage. Which in years past were just regular passports this this has also revealed how many people never knew that vaccinating for travel has always been a thing when when going from one side of the planet to another yeah have you ever tried to take like a pet abroad to a different country like i haven't but i've had friends who've tried to bring cats to japan and i can tell you it, it costs thousands of dollars and they need to have like 20 different shots they need to have certain certificates to say they've had no. certain different types of shots before they travel so they don't carry over disease into a country that won't be able to deal with it you, you don't have to get vaccinated for japan but you do for 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 thailand and, and vietnam i remember working at a at a restaurant in years past where a lady was complaining about all that that she had to go through and uh that's that's what it was like back then so so on another dimension of that though the whole time we've also always had to be careful about how we presented on the podcast you know arguing last week over whether or not it's time to be making jokes about the pandemic or not i still don't know but at the same time like part of me also feels guilty about just talking about going to a con on the podcast 
because uh, uh, you don't want to spread spread your actions and influence to to more people than Man, just the, the three of these us. These people here. are adults, right? A random person on the street could tell them what to do. If they're gonna do it, then that's their problem. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Do you think we hold some higher power? But but we're their parasocial podcast internet friends. Yeah. Well, it's well, like oh, one thing. Go go murder. It's just like come on, like have some <laughs> fucking sense. Like it's not. That's gonna... it. Clip it. Matt Visual says go murder. You can yeah, use that in court. Oh jeez. Yeah. Well, I mean, one, one, one thing that we were giggling about in the room parties and a bit in my intro here is that Joe Rogan got coronavirus. Because he obviously <laughs> isn't vaccinated and he obviously doesn't wear a mask and then hangs out with shit tons of people. And he spent years projecting that message like like he actively was was spreading dangerous misinformation and got a, a rich people's cocktail of drugs afterwards that's like a three thousand dollar per dosage to uh, uh feel Damn, feel son. high and euphoric on steroids for the first few days so that he can go on instagram and make a video saying oh i was only sick for one day i feel fine but um the rest of us you know, normal people who can't spend $3,000 a dosage on their coronavirus, on their horse pills, <laughs> A, shouldn't, d don't have that kind of resources to deal with it, and B, shouldn't have to put up with that in the first place, because if you get a vaccine, you don't got to spend any money. Look, all three of us are vaccinated. That That's it. That's the bottom line. All three of us are vaccinated. Yes. We want you to go get vaccinated. If you want any sense of returning to normal life, like me and George may have just displayed, and also Matt meeting friends, that's going to happen if you get vaccinated. If you get vaccinated. We all That's got it. vaccinated before we did the riskiest thing we've done in years, which was go to these these cons. Spoiler alert, I've been hanging out with friends for quite a long time yeah. <laughs> since vaccination. So <laughs> it's yeah. We've all been vaccinated. That's it. And we've been hanging out. <laughs> it's just the bottom line. Go get vaccinated. What is crazy as well is like if you go get vaccinated now, and we all do, yeah. you won't have to get vaccinated again or a third time or a fourth time or a fifth time. Because the longer you don't get vaccinated or, you know, people who don't means we have to keep having booster shots and we keep having to do these things to keep on top of it because it booster sticks around. Shots. Wait, wait, booster shots. What, what are we talking about here? Yeah, we're gonna oh, for, for for the Delta variant, the 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 Sigma grind. You're gonna have to have the old booster shots, just like you have to have the flu shot every year because this thing. Listen, I got enough things happening in my body. I don't need another fucking shot. Well, God damn it! It depends. If people keep letting this thing, yeah, if people keep letting this thing mutate, then the only thing, the only choice we have is to keep. Fighting it. We're with... all going to be zombies in, in a decade. Matt, stop it. <laughs> Implying gonna... <laughs> we aren't now. Look, guys, I, I did nothing. And so therefore, I'm going to I'm gonna jump right into this because I did nothing for the past week, of course. But the only thing I did do, and I promise you, I had no idea that today was going to be the Matrix 4 trailer, is that <laughs> I Wait, watched... Wait, what? What? What, what? I saw the website go up. Yeah. I watched all three Matrix movies this weekend. Oh, <laughs> nice. That's all I, that is all I did. And I had no idea Matrix 4 was being announced. No idea. Is it just me or are the sequels, have they like always not actually been that bad? Okay. So I don't really remember any of the, uh, I don't know, the discourse. Was discourse a thing before the internet? I have no idea. Was the disc was discourse a thing when the Matrix came out? Because I yeah, don't know. Yeah, the, the sequels always reviewed poorly compared to the first one. Yeah, and well, I, I mean, I, the first I, mean one... I was like 
12, 13. I thought they were fine. So the first one is... I mean, the first one's the best one. That's that's easy. Yeah, yeah. But course. I actually thought Reloaded was better, way better than I thought it was. Wait, Reloaded, the second one, was way better. Yeah. The third cool. one is is shit. Nice. Like, it is. Ah. Uh, oh. The wow. third one is shit. It's so boring. It's a lot of Zion. It's a lot of... Zion. I mean, Neo spends like 40 minutes on a train station. It's like, come on. Come on. You know, from Reloaded, you've got like the twins and the fight scene and the car chase, and you've got the conversation with the architect. So it's CGI. You know, that's just oof. yeah. How does the CGI hold up? Not great. Not <laughs> great. Were you at watching all. it in like like 4K HDR? Yeah, no, it's like, it's like not you can good. see the video game in everyone's faces. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so funny how the CGI they use is like actually like almost like video game cgi and when they turn it into neo and smith and they're like the video game versions it's pretty funny it feels very weightless as well like the fight scenes you know neo jumping up in the air you know his kicks don't have impact and stuff yeah but it's a good time and i feel like the matrix as a i haven't watched them since i was a kid so the concepts of the matrix and the the philosophy and the all of those things that people thought were like hyperbole when I was younger, like that nobody understood. Dude. I now kind of understand. And it actually got me thinking. So the one thing I didn't understand when I was a kid and I kind of understand this time is programs within programs having a purpose and those programs trying to overwrite their purpose to be free from this program. So you, you obviously have the matrix versus, you know, well, you have the machines versus the humans and the machines control the humans with the matrix. But inside of the matrix, you have these programs that the machines have written that now are doing their own thing. And they were written with a purpose, but now they've kind of gone AWOL, right? Be Agent Smith being the greatest example of that the entire throughout the entire series. It's so interesting to think about like free will and philosophy of like choice. And even Neo as a human being inside of a computer software, like does he have choice? And then, you know, the discussion about he's already made the choice. If you can predict the future, are you making a choice? And will that happen because you've already made the choice? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Oh, that's just like Loki. <laughs> interesting. I didn't watch that, but I heard it was a lot about time travel, right? So, oh, different dimensions. So, I mean, it was interesting to watch again. And I think all of that part kind of holds up. So I'm kind of interested to see what Matrix 4 is about, considering the ending of Revelations, the last one, is actually pretty open-ended. And like, is Neo dead? Is Neo a machine? Is Neo Jesus? Whatever the hell, right? (laughs) You know, poor old Trinity got shafted at the end um unfortunately and more i thought morpheus died but he didn't and he's he's alive at the end zion's all good so i'm kind of interested to see where they go because technically all they did was like stop the war like the machines didn't die just neil was like look i'll make a deal with you i'll kill smith you let the machine stop attacking zion doesn't mean that they won't attack zion again Mm. Uh, it was okay though can't trust him can't trust him can't but trust him. I had no idea. And I actually found it kind of weird. I was like, I saw the tweets yesterday, like Matrix 4 uh, teaser trailer. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Is the Matrix listening to me? Did they know that I was going to watch the Matrix three Probably. movies? Because on Monday, yeah. the Matrix had scheduled for me to see it. But why me? Am I the one? Am I Neo? 
the website taps into your uh, your your local clock system time oh, to, to be like you believe it's ten thirty in the morning it, yeah, Eastern it, time. It's like but, to the dot, and it's like yeah, ten thirty two p.m. And you're like, oh my god, it knows. And and I'm wondering if they're gonna try to do a big dramatic transmedia marketing campaign like they were doing all throughout the original trilogy with like some some good games, some mediocre games, but either got still got to play the games to understand where everyone comes from. Well, I'm already slightly disappointed that I saw the teaser trailer and I saw I saw Keanu in it and he looked like John Wick and I was like, oh. I don't, of course. I don't think I can watch that with Keanu being John Wick. That's like two yeah. different characters who don't mix. Yeah, young Keanu looks bright and limber. Old Keanu looks like he's sitting on a bench eating a sandwich sad. No, but even even then, like when he's young Neo, it's just about short hair and being clean shaven. He doesn't have a beard. He shouldn't have a beard. He's Neo. <laughs> he's meant to be as slick as his leather jacket. So, or, you know, even if he is 50 or whatever, right? He could, you know, clean shave, not have a beard, cut his hair. I'm not really a big fan of the idea. He's, it's probably because of his other roles that he has to do. Yeah, probably. But it's the Matrix. Like it's the Matrix, but it must be the biggest one right now, alongside John Wick. It easily still outshines oh, yeah, John Wick. The, the 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 thing is, is that it's the Matrix. It's not to be taken seriously, and people would love to see How long hair John dare. Wick. You know, the Matrix. So. How dare you say that about John Wick? When I rewatched The Matrix in 2019, like like my reverency for it shot way up. Like I did do believe it was prophetically looking at what an always online, hyper connected, terminally online generation would be feeling in in the coming decades. And the fact that like the Wachowskis came out as trans later on, adding this subtext to things about blue pills and red pills and how your identity changes depending on how you go back and forth on and off the internet. Like, I think it's one of the few movies that absolutely becomes better as time passes. Like, it's aged so incredibly well because it it predicted the paranoia, the untrustworthiness. Mm, it did do a lot of that, yeah. Women from the internet meeting up with you in real life and you guys say, I thought you were always a man. Like, like there's there's a lot of little things to it that resonate harder as time goes on. So let me ask you then, because would you take the red pill or the blue pill? Oh, I'll get the fuck out. You'd want to get out? You'd want to go to yeah. Zion? Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, I think I'd red pill. Considering how, how history has gone and everyone kind of realized the artificiality of the systems that govern our society. And that basically happened. We all had to take the red pill when the, when the pandemic happened. I hate saying that because of how, like, alt-right conservative edgelords have co-opted that phrase, the red pill. Oh, it's, how did they know? Anyways, sorry. It's like the deus ex of movies, guys. Yeah, because, like, I was watching and I was thinking, man, yeah, I'd want free will and stuff. But then I'm thinking, I don't know, escapism seems pretty good these days. And, you know, getting out, like, the problems we have of the real world right now and how much you want to get out of it. And you just want to forget about it. Yeah. I'm thinking, hmm, that red pill would seem pretty fucking mighty but tasty right now. But I, what happened to me is that escapism feels far less valuable than it did before. Like, I want to be making more of a difference than a YouTube video game reviewer than I was before. It's really, like, shattered <laughs> my my sense of worth and identity because of how much of my life I've spent in this virtual toy playground that's, you know, largely made for teenagers and young adults and not, not older adults. It's 
It, it, the, the superficiality of a lot of stuff I used to complain about really grinds on my consciousness these days in a way that wasn't before. So I saw a great tweet going around from Andy Kelly from PC, well, formerly of PC Gamer today. And he was asking, what would, what would be your Matrix name? <laughs> yeah i did that I what did would that. yeah what would you what was your matrix what was your matrix name what would it be yeah uh, uh, what yeah, edgelord early 2000s pc gamer name oh god matt just logged into the matrix a purple light has appeared behind him <laughs> he's about to be sucked into the matrix backlight I, i'd either be tuber or youtuber <laughs> one of those two it's got to sound a little stupid you know wubba dub dub tuba oh i like it god. I could Tuba. imagine someone saying, Tuber, you ready? And then I'd, I'd cock a gun. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm ready. I go. <laughs> I got my camera. Matt, what about you? What would your matrix name be? Is this some type of quiz? Crypto, man. BuzzFeed. Buzz no, quiz, no. It's just like, shit. think of like some computer sounding word from the early 2000s or even now. <laughs> Y2K. <laughs> yeah, Y2K. Y2K oh, is not a bad on. one. That's not bad. It, it's it's a little too many syllables though. Like Y2K. like matrix names are like quick one breathers. Like Trinity. Trinity's not. Yeah, Morpheus. never mind. I stand correct. <laughs> no, fuck off. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go and and, and turn my phone on silent. Watch oh. me like answer the phone and then I just disappear. <laughs> now you could be like videographer. We got the videographer because yeah, they all have like the something like the yeah. Frenchman or the keymaker, the Oracle. My God, man! When I watched that, it was a different world. The camera guy. <laughs> I am kind of enjoying everybody being back into the Matrix. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what mine would be. It'd be something like video game development related, I guess. The one I came up with was Merge Conflict. The gamer. Hey. <laughs> That sounds intimidating. <laughs> the merge conflict. I'm a designer yeah. who creates problems for programmers. The merge conflict. Source I control. The curse. The cursed. <laughs> the golf man. The golf man. <laughs> God, that's lame. <laughs> Liam, you haven't played any games, right? I started playing No More Heroes 3, and I'm, in oh, I'm enjoying it. That came out? Man, yeah. I fucking hate the line, oh, it looks like a PS2 game. Isn't that what people want? Wait, I must admit. So actually, I did play that briefly. So tangentially, I won't take up too much time on this. But I started playing it. I beat the first boss. The fighting and everything is in 60 frames. And it's great. It's honestly great. Because No More Heroes, the best part of it, of course, is the combat. Alongside Travis Touchdown, still a great character. But I did get to the open world. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. It's not good and there's no excuse for it. I'm sorry, Suda. I I, I do love you. I you know Well, I will we be should, avoiding that. One. Be able to, Speaking but, of a different world, that sounds just like two thousand six, man. Yeah, I know, Anyways. but it, it, if you like No More Heroes, you're gonna like this game, but man, the open world just trash it. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. It runs a it runs at 12 frames a second. The mini games are boring. The Santa Destroy has no people living in it. So why would you ever give a shit about saving it? Like, remove it. Just let me fight the bosses and fight through my way through to the bosses. Like, the combat in the game is great. The attitude is great. Just, God. So that's it. I turned on my, my brand new spanking PlayStation 5 once so far. What'd you play? <laughs> And nothing. <laughs> when I when I turned it on to set it up and played Astrobot last time we talked was the one time I haven't turned it on since. 
Nothing of value was gained or lost. I actually realized today there's loads of games that I can just access and get like the new versions of so like ghost of tsushima and final fantasy and games that have like the upgrades like i already have them because i bought those games on ps4 but i just haven't i haven't downloaded them yet that'll that'll be me when i get around to actually playing video games again how about you guys what have you two been doing matt what have you been doing uh netflix oh netflix no chill it's back low-key 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 huh low-key new girl i finished new girl I'm about to finish Shit's Creek. <laughs> Jesus. Loki's all right. I think the best part of Loki is the ending. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, it's all right. I think the setup for, for Loki is probably like the best part to like, if you want to get to like, oh, the backstory of what the movies are going to be about and stuff like that. And it was a good surprise to see like a, a solid actor at the end for uh, the reveal. Other than that, man, cookie clicker, bro cookie clicker that's what i've been playing bro <laughs> no way really i've been playing cookie clicker like do you sit there to actively play it or is it like while no, you're working no, just idle <laughs> just oh, idle. Okay, okay, okay. in the beginning i was clicking a couple cookies for that for that stuff <laughs> there's depth to cookie clicker it's it's surprising uh, uh yeah the the grandmas will take over if you're not careful it's uh the grandma apocalypse all sorts of things yeah and they start stealing your cookies. But um, yeah, uh, uh, you can build time machines to um, take cookies before they're eaten and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just really a, a clever game, if you could call it that, I guess. You just, you just, no, like, you just like wait for things all... and you click upgrades. <laughs> like, like having fun with traditional game mechanics, making clever metaphors out of traditional game mechanics, seeing just how deep and crazy the implications of traditional game mechanics can go. Liam, are you telling me you've never played Cookie Clicker? I'm literally playing it right now as we speak. I've made 160 cookies already. Oh man, you're doing a lot of clicking. I, I, I don't think I've actually played it. I think this is, I've seen it before a lot. And of course I know about it, but... I, I just purchased a grand. I ju- I purchased another grandma. I hear you clicking. Oh my god! I've got I've got three hundred cookies already. Bam! Doesn't it feel f- and and you feel something right right like a little satisfied? I can just feel the Austria uh, like the 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 Austrius process or whatever the hell in my wrists like flaring up badly. I, I think oh, I'm, no. you can prestige in this game too, like Call of Duty as well. Yeah, it keeps going. It doesn't end. Oh, there is literally a thing called carpal tunnel prevention. It, <laughs> it doesn't end. And I realized that and I'm like, do I still want to play this game? Oh my kind of. I kind of still want to play this game. Still want to play. Yeah, because because like <laughs> I'm looking around, you know, September is going to be a good month, right? For, for, for games, right? Um, yeah. But yeah. Death Stranding 4K. Speaking of things feeling normal. Yeah. Before September, shit sucked because uh, there's not much going on. It's not not much going on. So um, I tried I tried a couple games. I was like, mm, not really, not really hitting the 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 spot. Really, H- have you guys felt that where you just like look around and just you see a wasteland of just nothing? Oh, every day of my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I try yeah. to squeeze <laughs> as much juice out of some of this uh, steam list that I see, but like you know, juice those cookies. Yeah, I don't really see much going on. It looks quite different from how I remember. The, the official Steam version of uh, Cookie Clicker looks even crazier than than they could have ever dreamed of from the uh, almost 
barely not text-based version i i was first playing years upon years upon years ago i'm definitely in that hole now matt like i'm definitely yeah there's nothing that's inspiring me to like pick up a controller and play something yeah um, and i don't really know what's on the horizon that's going to pull me out of that either i thought no more heroes 3 was going to do that because it'd be like oh, great the ps2 games i loved the gamecube games i loved of that era it's like back again but i'm having fun but yeah it's not like the best thing and of course got a ps5 and i want to play demon souls but i haven't even started that yet i don't really know i'm hoping tales i'm hoping tales i'm hoping do you see the reviews that just came out like like literally 40 minutes ago mm, please tell me they're not bad they're all nines a Thank tales game nice. got nines across that the means, board that means it's good enough to play <laughs> a tales game speaking of the the GameCube days coming back. What the fuck? A Tales game got nine. I mean, the action looks pretty fucking good. So I was just like, at least it will hold my attention for a few nights after work, right? Yeah, d- yeah, maybe. Did you play the demo? No. There was a demo, right? I don't know. I'm on the Steam page, but I don't see any demo. Uh, I think it was a PS4, PS5 exclusive, actually. Yeah, I don't really care to fucking use my PS4 for that shit. Uh, four to five on Eurogamer. That is pretty fucking cool. The Metacritic is only seventy-eight right now, but that is bolstered up by a nine out of ten from Silicon Era. It's actually no; it's just getting pushed down by one outlet, CG Magazine. <laughs> nobody, the one that nobody knows, thought it was a six out of ten, but it's uh, well, since it's still brand new, there's only five of them. So that average, that one bad review is really bringing it down this hour. I'm kind of tempted. <laughs> I'm kind of tempted to play it. I think it's going to be on Game Pass day one, I think. Don't quote me on it. Okay, I'm going to double check that. Coming to Game Pass on day one, says Reddit. Tales of Rise. Oh, oh okay. It's like leaked information, so we don't know. <laughs> if, if it is, yeah. then bada bing, bada boom. When is it out? When is it supposedly out? Ninth. Ninth, man. Oh, tomorrow. Okay, right. Tomorrow. Damn. Tomorrow. Damn, son. Yeah. I, Damn, I, son. I'm going to play myself and I'll be cheap. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy that quite a bit. Hopefully, it's not like all the other Tales games. I've gotten so far in like two Tales games that uh, I'm a little embarrassed to, to not finish a, a third one. But we'll see. We'll see. Too embarrassed to play. Too embarrassed, yeah. What was the Tales game? I f- no, so I finished Tales of Asperia and Tales of Symphonia, but I watched someone play all the way through oh, one of the PS3 you ones. finished it? You mean years ago? I feel... I, I finished Symphony, uh, Symphony, uh, Symphonia and also yeah. um, Vesperia. I literally watched someone play through all of Tales... Oh, what was it? One for like the PS3. Zillia? The one with the fountain that spews poop water in the beginning sequence. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tales of Zillia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Zillia. Tales of Zillia. I watched someone play all the way through that for some reason. Someone, I I, I moved into a house in Cardiff in Wales, and I was there for like a month. Wales. I, I, I watched this nerd play all the way through it. If it's just a little bit better than Scarlet Nexus, just a little bit better, I think it's worth finishing. It just has to, it just has, the story just has to be just a little bit less anime. Just, just a little bit less tropey. 
I don't remember any Japanese high schools in, in the Tales games I've played, so they already get points <laughs> for that. Scarlet doesn't have book. a Japanese high school. <laughs> when do any of the Tales games have a Japanese high school? In them? <laughs> well, they're all like medieval fantasy. I'm I'm okay with Japanese high school. I I finished those games. I bet you fucking are. Fucking Persona is like the best fucking JRPG I've played in in years. I'm just waiting for five to come out on uh on PC, but you know I'll be waiting for a long time. But it's okay. So just just Cookie Clicker, huh? Yeah, because there's nothing else, George. I it just so happened that Psychonauts two just randomly came out, and I'm like, oh okay, yeah, I definitely have to play this. Yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to Psychonauts too. I do want to do that one, hopefully before the year's out. But we'll see how that goes. It's free. But um, yeah, I'm I'm not feeling the wasteland right now. Not not right now. I was feeling it like for a lot of last year. But I'm I'm going back to Subnautica Below Zero. I'm gonna make a video about that before the week's end, and then I want to get into some newer stuff from later this year, like uh. Yeah, George has been on a video high. Good job, George. Yeah, well, I, uh, I I have, I think, Eddie to, to thank for <gasps> keeping me awake. First mention of Eddie on today's podcast, 40 minutes in, new record, well done. Oh, wow. Well, well it's like when, when you get a dog, every day is some kind of weird adventure in a way that it wasn't before. I, I, I was telling you guys about this in the Discord yesterday. I might as well share a fun, weird story with the public, and that is me uh, having to, to, like, squeeze his poop into a what tube yesterday. What the fuck? I took him I took him to the vet and uh they they wanted to schedule a follow up for the next month afterwards which was yesterday. And yesterday was a very dreary rainy day where it was thundering and raining all day and I had to take him out in uh the rain and they wanted a, the vet wanted a fecal sample mm. to uh you know t run tests on his poop, make sure his poop is okay cuz he, he he had digestive problems and was was vomiting for a a day over the past month i'm I'm sure he's fine the the vet wanted to make sure everything was fine and as it turns out everything is fine but anyways yeah like it's it wasn't a big deal it wasn't that weird in the grand scheme of things but just like something i've never wanted to think about before that i had to do in order to make like another living creature live better here on planet earth and that meant picking this 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 guy's poop up and like awkwardly carrying it through through the building and up the elevator and trying not to have any awkward poop conversations with anyone and then getting in the bathroom putting on some surgery gloves and some goggles and taking it out of the doggy bag into the little sample tube that they wanted me to bring the the stool sample is is what the vet the vet world calls it then when i got to the vet i i had to occupy my time so i ended up taken a jog in the rain i got trapped out in there it was a little minor mini adventure <laughs> like like <laughs> a, a unique daily challenge basically stuff like that keeps you just 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 like reminds you of, of of weird things there are to do in life that i don't think i was feeling at all last year but yeah this this weekend i i had to to bring Eddie's poop to the doctor. I I also was eyeballing a few free weekends that were going on. Hood, Outlaws, and something or other had a free weekend. I've been wanting to try that out. I don't think I'd like it, but I've always been curious. And I missed it because of Dragon Con. But when I got home, uh, Paradox Interactive was doing a free 24-hour period for a city builder they made that I have had some mild interest in called Surviving Mars. And so I played Surviving Mars for a day. How was it? 
Did you survive, Moss? Oh, it's okay. Oh. Yeah. Uh, one one of my colonists didn't, but the other nine did. It's uh, it reminds me of Death's Door. Like they kind of, it's technically competent. It's artistically competent. They plugged that art into a very paint by numbers game design that feels like it's been done a few times before. But as it turns out, the uh. As, as I looked deeper into it, it seems like the model going on is that the game gets really, really good when you buy some DLC. So that's might be why it's free for now to get people um, sampling the base product before doing the Paradox Interactive thing of buying overpriced DLCs as the years go on that really expand the game into something special. As of right now, the base game really feels like a very vanilla, very basic clone of a banish style town builder with some m mechanics of a factorio style automation factory builder so surviving mars is themed off of building a um mars colony and I, I i guess i was expecting things to be a little more harder in terms of the science and and the edutainment going on but it's uh it's it's kind of not you you have to go through some steps that seem to to tickle the the edge of thought out science fiction concepts you have to make sure that your colonists have food and oxygen and water and and you build like moisture vaporizers that that harvest atmospheric moisture from the air or underground ice wells that you can drill down into and tap into for um food you have to make sure that there's enough space in their dome habitats for vertical hydroponic farming but so far as like the oxygen harvester goes i don't know if they really thought out the the science behind that one you kind of build a building that costs metal or, or, or computer chips or something that's basically an oxygen generator you you uh spend some resources to get a a little trickle of oxygen coming in and uh they also seem to just have this like lack of personality to a lot of uh the, the town that you're building i i feel like like making sure that you can look at your your town and, and appreciate its aesthetics in some degree is important for a town builder and whatever bases you're going to be building on mars here are gonna be ugly most of the time you're not looking at people are they like bubbles or stuff they're, they're bubbles with uh, with uh, white painted buildings inside, and then outside the bubbles are places that basically look like an ugly factory by the side of the highway on your way through New Jersey. <laughs> Before you get people to live in your, your colony, you are uh, going to be managing drones who are just little cars that go back and forth and build buildings and, and collect metal and, and stone for construction materials and there's no personality to them uh afterwards you you do get some dose of personality when you uh are, are allowed to fly in your first um resupply rocket that has a load of colonists on it and you like shuffle through their job applications and and try to make sure that only the wealthiest space tourists and, and smartest most qualified scientists are the ones who who touch down and you're 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 tasked with making sure they're sustainable enough to have babies and have another generation grow up which means you also have to make room in your tiny dome for schools and playgrounds as time goes on maybe on day two some more interesting decisions would would have to be done like oh do i destroy this community's farm to make room for a school but i wasn't getting any of that in the first one it was it was mildly difficult there there's a little bit of a, a survivalism life or death sort of problem facing these colonists but it's so it was like easy and, and smooth and a little thoughtless i i did use the word non-stimulating for death's door and i think that's kind of sort of the problem i was i was having here with with surviving mars 
it's fine. It was satisfying. I, I can see how it would be probably more fun on day two than it was on day one. But um, until then, it, it, it was a little deflating. Do you think science is necessarily important to like city builders? Do you think they need to make scientific sense to be enjoyable, considering you're talking about colonizing Mars? Well, you're talking about colonizing Mars, which is something we haven't even done as human beings. It helps. It, it's a little... It's something. But that's no reason for them not to, like, think through it a little more and give you fun factoids and... Uh, They're game developers, not scientists. Well, one cool right. thing it does do is it has the surface of Mars mapped out and you can plop a uh, a cursor anywhere down on the globe and, and have your... Your, your quarter mile square grid of uh, town builder gameplay right there. It's it's the, the actual, I, I believe the actual planet is is there for you to explore and build on top of. And and then um the uh, the DLC that that all the reviewers are saying makes the game good is uh, called Green Planet, where you start a terraforming process of of what is it with the city builders or like civilization builders where. The DLC always makes the game better. That's Paradox's business model these days, it seems like. <laughs> it's like the same all the time. Civ is the same. Like, Civ comes out, it's fine. And then as soon as the like expansions come out, they're like, oh, great. This game is now amazing. Crusader Kings 3 was fine right out of the gate. Whatever whatever magic they captured with That's that true. one was. That is and that true. was also really, really heavy God, on fun facts. Like, like I, God, I love the shit out of that game. There, there's thousands more people who probably now know the, uh, the origins of their property law deeds, thanks to Crusader Kings than would not have otherwise. I know about succession of Kings and family members. There's, there, there's a really good, uh, edutainment bin to a lot of Paradox games, but not this one, it seems. Yeah, man, I now I just want to play. Now that see, now I want to do that comfort thing. So that's what I was doing with like the Matrix and movies, like comfort blankets. Yeah. Now I'm like, I don't really have a game to play. I just want to go back and play like a comfort yeah. blanket. And I feel like Civilization Three, not Civilization, uh, Crusader Kings Three would be like a perfect, a perfect comfort blanket. And and town builders are so comfy. A, a cute little banished town is so comfy. Anno or is is like a whole series that's built off of just how like comfy and chill it is to vibe while watching your city grow. And uh, and this one has has a, a cold mechanical exterior that is it's hard to connect with on that that organic human level. That's true. I wish the Steam Deck had come out already so I could play Crusader Kings 3, like, on my couch. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like an absolute heathen. I don't know. There's something very... I just talked to somebody the other day about this. It's, it's, it's just something very uncomfortable to me about playing on a PC. Like, I, I like it, but I can't, I can't do it for a long period of time like I can. I've, I certainly don't feel that pain. <laughs> I live in my PC chair. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, because I work in my PC chair, like, and I work in a P at a PC, and I feel comfortable at my work desk. It's like my, oh, man. it's my favorite place, right? But when I get home and I want to play games, I want to disassociate from oh, a really? PC. There were yeah. days last year where I only left that chair to sleep and eat and poop. That's what Hunt Showdown do to you. PC chair for me is like a life support unit. I'm strapped in, and if I if I I feel wrong if I'm not in it. <laughs> Jesus. I know it's not healthy. Yeah, no. Matt, when you play like the Switch and stuff, do you play like 
on the TV or do you play like handheld and stuff? Handheld uh, most of the time now. Like in a chair or like on a sofa or in your oh, bed? Or on like a uh, sofa or, or bed. Just chill back, watch it. Um, I Because I, I, I tend to like roll around. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, to, me like, too, you me know, too. Yeah. Can't stay still. Yeah, I can't stay still. So I move around with it. That's um, it. You know, eventually I'll probably put it on back on the TV. But at the moment, I'm just enjoying just being able to just get up and move around with it. To take it to the, to the bathroom when I need to. You know, take a big shit. Mm. <laughs> the poop particles live on. <laughs> yeah, you know, good toilet games. You got no Metroidvanias to play. Yeah, I know. I know. Hollow Knight Two hasn't come out, and yeah, it's gonna be waiting not for yet. a while. Yeah, I tried biomass, but uh, just biomass. Biomass, yeah. It's funny because, like, I think lately my tastes have changed to if you're gonna put me in a game where I die and I have to backtrack all the way back and mm. I get nothing. Yeah, like I I don't drop souls or anything like that. I just die. And I have to repeat the whole thing all over again. It's just time wasted. It's time wasted. And I immediately stopped playing at that moment. And and that's not usually how I used to do things. I used to just play, you know, because usually I don't die that much. But now. Too good for Yeah, that. No. Well, <laughs> that, well, I mean, these ga- I that's all I play is these Metroidvania. I better be good at it at some point. But nowadays, I've been kind of lazier, and I, you know, I die a couple times. And I'm just like, you know what? Fuck this, <laughs> and I'm done. Maybe, maybe I'm just getting old, and I'm just like, I don't want to backtrack. I just want, I just want to enjoy a game, you know? Yeah. I, I right at this moment, I just want to enjoy a game. I, I'll go back to those hard games and 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 beat those. But like, yeah, I'm kind of right now. It. I'm just yeah. I just want to chill, eat some. Eat some ice cream, you know. Someone, be, yeah, I want someone to be kind to me. Yes, exactly. Yeah, some cotton candy, you know, some Snicker bars, <laughs> some funnel cake. Uh, the older you get, the less patience you have for a game wasting your time. Yeah. But the older you get, yeah, the less time that. you have to waste. Do you know what? I feel like that's so great that I learned that because man, that it helps making games now. I wish more game developers would get old enough to learn that, therefore add it into their games. Like not wasting people's time. But but your your games are roguelike. <laughs> yeah, but the idea but the idea <laughs> is that it's not a challenging one. Also yeah, yeah, also yeah. it's not really a roguelike. You balance it's a it a lot. Golf a, like. God, I can't believe I can't believe I can't believe I get to freely talk about this. This is the, like this is amazing. I, I get to not here. have to keep this a secret anymore. Yeah. No, it's a golf like. So, you know, you take your sweet time. I think I think the thing we're going for is that when you play 18 holes of golf, you haven't finished golf, have you? You don't go home and you're like, I completed golf, fellas. I've done it. Yeah. Right? It's like you can play again. But there is this ongoing like progression thing. Spoilers. We added a thing into Coast of Golf literally this week based on feedback, which is you can hold the left stick now. And you can fast forward all of the animations. You can also fast forward when the ball is in the air. Yeah. Because because you you should be able to do that if it's your choice, right? This, like if you yeah, want skip to do the that. summons. It was a little slow. I can tell how it would get slow. After summon a while. animations. Okay. They're only cool yeah. the first time. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Our animations are, I'm biased, Pretty but cool. they are great, right? Yeah. They're great. But <laughs> understandably, if you're going to be someone who plays this game for 20 to 30 hours or whatever, and you're, you're playing it on a Switch, you just hold the, you know, hold the left trigger down and you get to fast forward all of the transition animation and stuff because it makes a difference. You know, even me testing it. Like, I only have so much time in the world to make mm. levels, and therefore testing them means I only have so much Also, time. just having something to press feels good. Like, did you read the the, yeah. the, the bit in Jason Schreier? Fast-forwarding things is super fun. In, in Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, where, like, Bioware was in this fierce argument over whether or not they wanted a roll button. Because it wouldn't do anything to combat, but it would just give you something to do on the way from mm. A to B. Yeah, it's why it's why in, in, in Cursed Golf you have a cart on your map. Just, just to, why would you select icons when you can drive, right? Why would you do that when you can do something else? I, I wish more game developers would get into the habit of understanding that some people don't have 50 hours and also don't have like even five hours to go through your tutorial, right? And understand yeah. certain things. I want to, I want to get into your, your juicy parts immediately. I want to, I, that's why I respect No More Heroes 3 because man, that game starts off like immediately in it. It gives you like a mech suit within like <laughs> 10 minutes and you fight a boss within like literally about eight to t 15 minutes of the game. You've already fought a boss. You've already fought loads of enemies. You've already had a mech suit. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to play this game. I want to play this more because the first hour of that experience has been action-packed and full, right? I understand that doesn't lend itself to every game, but there's something about not wasting my time. You only have me. Like, it, it feels like every player is precious now and you only have me for this amount of time and i'm gonna move on very fast because if i'm not gonna play no more heroes i'm gonna play demon souls right and which one of you is gonna get me to stick with you and if you're gonna talk to me for like oh before i even get to press a button you're talking about the games not us yeah no 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 <laughs> i know like you, you, well you guys also only have me so no it's not got to that stage yet um, <laughs> yet <laughs> yet <laughs> um no so you know i think everybody's like that now there's so many free games to play there's so many things going on that Ooh. if you gotta just get me in within like 10 speaking minutes speaking of which so many great uh, uh free games to play guess what was a cosplay hit at dragon con this year was it dressing up as greek lords and reading out old 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 mythos yes but also among us i saw a lot of among us uh uh spacemen that is who were in like big poofy inflatable like like actual quality costumes is that half just because it's fucking easy to make a costume for among us it didn't look easy like they looked like inflatable poofy things like like it took a lot of <laughs> material and engineering to get the uh bubbliness of it right <laughs> the bubbliness but uh yeah hades was another hit did they look pretty sus uh that's Ooh. that was the it, obligatory you would hear someone shouting that whenever they were walking past did you see any any sexy zagreus or yes anything? yeah there was uh there was a lot of hades going on too and uh not not just outside of my group but it was a big hit with my group who decided to have a greek mythology party and i dressed up as bedsheets homer and and narrated <laughs> heroically narrated our walks i was gonna ask if for anybody who's seen that photo george did you just have a toga on you is that just how it is uh you just well, take togas with you a friend of of mine like actually went to a fabric store and made a real toga and as it turns out those things are huge it's basically 
a a six foot by four foot sheet of fabric with a semicircular cut to it and that pressured me to get some old white bed sheets out and 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 get the job done with those but the bed sheet toga is apparently not the same thing as the real deal there is so much fabric involved with a real deal toga that it was was a status symbol it, it basically showed people that you could afford to buy a lot of fabric in a pre-industrial time where it has to be loomed together by hand and that you could also afford to dye it if you had like a sash across your toga so i got some old bed sheets out and wore some flip-flops and had an old uh, swag bag from gamescom that looked like an old medieval burlap sack that i brought a big book of herodotus over with and I read the group my favorite Herodotus story. So there's this hilarious picture of a bunch of like nerdy girls looking wistfully at the camera with the book in. And guys. And and uh, yeah, but the ratio is uh, pretty nice. Like two guys to three girls. Anyways, um it was it was a true Greek orgy. Uh no, it, yeah. I, I I do not know, but anyways, um <laughs> within minutes, sure enough, the the dad and son shit post Twitter account photoshopped a Steam Deck playing Curse to Golf in the place of the book <laughs> instead, with this big dorky dragon con room looking wide eyed with fascination at, at, at Curse to Golf, and uh, that was cute. One of your friends truly looks very like involved. Yes, yes, yeah. One has like a bucket, like one of those drinks bucket hats I've always wanted oh, to Oh, that's try. Dionysus. Yeah, he was cosplaying Dionysus. But he doesn't have any straws being able to drink his drinks. What's that all about? No, they're there. They're just transparent and, and kind of sort of match up with the picture frame on the left of the, oh. the frame. So it's it's camouflaged into the photo. But yeah, he, he wore a toga with um, a drinky hat with two cans on it. And the cans just said wine in like big all capital letters. It was funny. Anyways, there, there, there was some Hades going on. It was cute. And I, I absolutely adored that, like, moment of seeing, like, a crowd of people genuinely interested in, in these old stories and laughing at the 2,000-year-old the dirty jokes. There's something really, really, really human and intimate and special about laughing at a 2,000-year-old joke that's still funny. I didn't expect, man, I think you can attest this, George to be a indoor sunglasses wearer. The, that's because oh it was god. Homer. Yes. He's supposed to be blind. He's a blind oh poet. Oh my god. Uh huh. Oh. Yeah. Are you Casey Neistat. The, <laughs> I had a cane. <laughs> no, but the cane cane doesn't look like a cane. It, it it's kind of just oh, it's not close enough to you in the photo. Well, yeah. well, I'm gonna send you guys another one, and I'll post a link in the description for it that uh, shows uh, a, a bit more of the crew. With uh, me as bedsheets Homer <laughs> in the background, waving my cane up to the 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 the, the heavens to invoke all of the stories they're they're representing. There we go. Look at that 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 choose your fighter picture right there. Yes. Oh, my nipples out. Oh, we see George nipple. Oh no. Oh my God. There's a nip George slip. Nipple. Look at that. Seven people, no masks. I'm very upset. Well, did, did, we didn't get in a crowd without the masks. Terrible, terrible. You're a judge, George. Terrible. Yeah, you, your hypocrisy. Oh, oh my no, God. No bounds, Despicable. Down, downhill yes. from here. Disgusting. YouTuber caught in hotel 
orgy with no masks. Did you, it was, you gotta... We, <laughs> you have to have the orgy with the mask. <laughs> oh, wait, this just in. Something worse happened in the game industry. Let's talk about that instead. Oh, nice. Do we release Matt from his mortal coil? Yeah, I think I think that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> do you have to, to head out now? I do. Ah, well... Well, boys... We're losing him at. It was good having you for, for however long your, your <laughs> boss can't have you. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm so, your was... other boss. Other boss, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, well, at this point, I don't think I have one. Very strategically timed for, for the new section as well. I can't help but notice. But anyways, have a great day. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> so matt's probably very grateful that he's uh not not here to do these this week something happened last week that we did not have time in our one hour death punch to go over and that is that china is enforcing or enforcing china is saying that there is a curfew for kids playing games uh, most of the time, there there's a, a new three-hour-a-week rule that is also only going to be playable on weekends. Oh, you get three hours. Oh, if you're a kid, if you're under 18, you get three hours a week to play video games on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for one hour per day. And these are are new government rules being mandated out of, of Beijing, but without a real like a lot of details at least being shared in the in the English language media about how they're going to be yeah. enforcing this stuff. Yeah, this is, that, that was my only question. My only question of this is I'm imagining it's mostly predominantly aimed at online gaming for a start, because China obviously has Rather a large issue when it comes to online gaming. But how the fuck are you going to enforce, like, is single-player gaming so dead that they don't even care about people just playing single-player games? I, th I think it's the kind of case where it's more about the message than how well it can actually be enforced in practice. Because China does already have a system in place that's a hell of a lot more restrictive than what you're used to, where you are tying your online ID to your government ID. And I remember back in the a couple years ago when I was doing a video on age ratings, I was not able to make it past that system. Like, you need an ID to be able to sign up for online Chinese games to be able to play them online. But there's also such a big gray market of uh, everyone's seen the hilarious box art ripoff covers, right? Of, of Resident Evil 2 pirated copies in Chinese markets that'll have... <laughs> In order to circumvent the rules over not having blood and, and zombies and violence on the covers, we'll have like a hand-drawn picture of a police officer saying, unlucky rookies first day on the job. <laughs> those those are totally disconnected from from yeah. from the zeitgeist. So I'm wondering at the end of the day, yeah, how how much of a punch this really is going to be to the Chinese game market? Because if they could enforce this for single player games, that's a lot of uh money lost i mean ultimately i buy a lot of games and if i get three hours of gaming a week i'd be that would be that'd be two hours more of gaming a week i get now but what another dimension to the story that really really weirds me out is how much positive support you see for this in varying degrees of, of online communities no matter the language they're speaking oh right well i was gonna say yeah the chinese language support i 
would imagine. And like, on SEMP, there are English language comments that read a little fishy, but like when my when I was talking on the phone with my mom about it, she sounded like like a little weirdly okay with it. And and I I, I saw some um like like Facebook style old man with their real name on the internet comments on a, on a local news website reporting on it, who was also saying things like, "Oh, China finally figured out the." The, the the poison ruining their next generation. American kids are going to grow up way behind after this becomes effectual. Like, like it's, it's weird seeing positive support for this in places you wouldn't expect. And it's also weird seeing some of the, the, the propaganda bot style effects happening on, on English language Chinese news websites too. Mm. Yeah. Another thing to keep in mind is that as much as people will want to decry this as being a an authoritarian communist government with the authority to micromanage their kids' lives, this happened in South Korea before, first. No, they, they imposed, they recently canceled the laws of similar curfew rules that um got into effect after people were like playing StarCraft to death in, in some cafes over there. But uh, the same week that China released these new rules for an, an online youth curfew for gaming, Korea canceled theirs because, as it turns out, none of the companies were participating anyway. They had a hard enough time enforcing it. And one really interesting and, like, weirdly inspiring thing the government did in response was take the funding they were using to develop the enforcement software to instead try and teach kids more media literacy classes in the public schools, which sounds up my alley i want to teach kids media literacy so you agree with china no <laughs> what sounds up my alley is the 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 media literacy courses and then and, and reallocating government funds from childish software no one uses to to public education instead ever since the entire country of south korea protested a corrupt government president joining a cult or taking orders from the cult like i it, you hear a lot of good news out of South Korea. It's, uh, it's, it's strange as an American hearing a, a government do things that's, that it's supposed to. It definitely feels like an Asian thing. Cause even in Japan, of course, video games is like Japan's greatest export, but even here, nobody is a fan of like children playing video games. It's like otaku culture is frowned upon as I've talked about many times. It's so, it's such a weird dichotomy of like, well, we sell it, we make it, makes a lot of money, but we won't subject our children to it. And if children like it, we'll call them in funny names and therefore try to push them away from it. Oopsie whoopsie, we have a mental health crisis. Yeah. W wonder how that came about. Who'da thunk it? Um, yeah, shaming people for, for harmless hobbies is, is, it sucks. But is it harmless? No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know anymore after Hunt Showdown. I feel like we're at this weird stage where gaming culture is doing a lot of a lot for the world in both negative and positive ways that don't stem just from playing games, but is the entryway. And a lot more people are aware of how blurry the line can get between gambling and traditional skill-based gaming. Yeah. And how in the gambling industry, yeah. they use the word gaming to refer to themselves and how even something like like Hunt Showdown can still dig into psychological 
tendencies to keep people playing forever. Uh, yeah. That's like that. That's how the conversation with my mom went. It was like me trying to explain to her that throughout most of of the history from 80s and onwards video gaming has been a very different world from like video poker at the gas station but that nowadays that line is blurring and that's probably what a lot of chinese authorities the the fear that got tapped into them when they came up with these rules well i mean china isn't just doing that right china also just released i don't know if it's specifically a law but like a mandated measure to males who do not look masculine enough are oh, not allowed yeah. to feature on tv i think this is in direct contrast to like k-pop stars in korea who are becoming significantly popular in china and also. supposedly the popularity of k-pop was one of the reasons why the government cares less about them playing too many video games now it's is how much access they have to uh, streaming videos on their their cell phones. Webtoons, which Matt got into earlier this year, are like another big pillar of Korean pop culture exports that are happening these days. <laughs> yeah, and and yet they're still you know democratic and capitalist, but pornography is illegal. Weird vices like that are illegal. They used to have childhood mandate rules. You can you can try to think that this stuff won't happen here, but every fucking month in america especially it's it's like constantly being reminded that yes draconian authoritarian rules that sound a lot like a communist dictatorship can indeed happen in america like <sighs> the new abortion law passed by texas that uh bans abortions after six weeks and also uh, like like more unprecedentedly for the United States, set up a tip line where you can submit a like tip to government authorities for for the police to arrest someone suspected of abortion. And politics entered into video games in one of the most spectacularly blunt ways possible this weekend when uh, the CEO and president of Tripwire Interactive posted a tweet uh, supporting this, this law. It was, uh, I, I, I hate to say it, but a representative of, of the Georgia game development scene. I always used to think to myself, oh, Georgia, we're not that bad. We're, we're not that far alone in the world of, of video game culture. We have Momocon. It's all your fault, Georgia. And Dragon Con. A lot of good game developers graduate from the computer science programs at Georgia Tech. And also Tripwire Interactive is... is a reliable good developer that's made a lot of people's favorite multiplayer games and there there were, were was a lot of talk over over boycotting them over this guy who ended up stepping down a day later or more like fuck about and get found out yeah i have to wonder what he expected would happen because the way he worded the tweet was so incredibly bold uh, he says, proud of the hashtag U.S. Supreme Court affirming the Texas law banning abortion for babies with a heartbeat, which is not how the science behind that actually works. As an entertainer, I don't get political often, yet with so many vocal peers on the other side of this issue, I felt it was important to go on the record as a pro-life game developer. And he also says he doesn't get political often, but this unearthed a lot of stories of apparently him wanting to push his Christian heavy metal band music into Killing Floor 2 and, and like taking away a character's nipple ring 
because it, it offended his his conservative Christian sensibilities. And in the back of my mind, a po- he made a game called Killing Floor. Like the hypocrisy is unreal with these people. Sometimes when people grow old and have kids, they go fucking crazy compared to where they were in their youth. You know, I wonder if that might have been what happened to him. Tripwire also puts out some of the gnarliest like World War II Vietnam games where soldiers are crying for their mom while they die. Like, like really... Because it's war, George. It's a, it's a celebration of freedom. Like, sacrificing our lives, dude. I would have thought it was more of a scary interactive documentary <sighs> to scare the kids away from a military lifestyle, which is, I think, what happened to me after playing too many first-person shooters. Yeah, well, if there's anything I've learned about conservative Christian Americans is that war is their favorite goddamn thing to be involved with the violence jobs where you're allowed to kill and lie and cheat are the ones most enshrined by by these types too police and military don't have to follow the commandments apparently i can't really touch this story because it makes me so angry but the bottom line is just fuck around and find out you know under also understandably i get not being political on the internet these days especially now i think there's a little bit of of hypocrisy when people say oh don't get political this will happen because game developers are political as hell like we we did stories where where there was conflicting voices over whether or not people should support the the palestinian refugees when israel was bombing them and that was that was game developers getting political and but that that's so weird because i find the weird i don't know where we slid into being a decent human being becomes a political thing. And I don't know if it's always been that way. And now I'm just an adult. And when I was a kid, I was just naive to think being a decent human being was to just be a decent human being. But now it's all politics. If you say we should support, you know, this, you know, let's take Afghanistan as the most recent crisis in which, you know, you know, tragedy is before an entire country. And it's a politicized thing to even say, you know, we should be helping Afghanis who want to leave the country or people who've helped America and the UK and Australia in the war and interpreters and such. And, you know, people are arguing whether or not we should bring these people into our countries. It's like, are you fucking crazy? That that is a, a, a politicized thing. And the fact that we're talking about something else that is both not a male issue in any way and never should be shouldn't even be a discussion from males it should be entirely nothing to do with males age or politics or anything an issue entirely not related to males that we have someone who is then talking about it online and you know talking about being an entertainer and all these things like your goddamn opinion about this from your side is reflective of your video game career and at the same time i understand the idea that being political online is a tough thing because you no matter what you tweet no matter what you do no matter how right or wrong you think you are there are always going to people who be people who disagree with you and on this time he of course is on the side of intense disagreement from the majority in my opinion very rightly because fuck that opinion it's it seems brazen and i do have a hard time wondering what he thought would happen because in american politics this is where a lot of of the conservative side of the debate 
absolutely went off the rails from the 70s and onwards once abortion got legalized. This is the most divisive issue of them all. I, I understand it depends on the country, but in most other countries, it's not as divisive as it is in, in America. But from the 70s and onwards, a lot of, of, of older people who haven't been in school for years and don't know the science behind it have been genuinely convinced that, that it's murdering babies. And that is what you will see the discourse referred to. So it carries incredibly heavy stakes and consequences for for both sides of the issues to the point where like, how did he not know that there are a lot of issues game developers freely get political over? This is the one that you never have seen them cross before, you know? Like, like this is where the line gets drawn is in America, at least, is on abortion. Like, it's an unspoken rule. You don't bring this up at the family table. You shouldn't bring it. If you have, as crude as it sounds, if you have a penis, you don't have an opinion that matters on it. You don't. That's it. It's, it's that it's simple. You don't. You just don't. And to think that you, as a video game developer, your opinion matters in any way on this topic. He's also a leader. He's the president slash CEO, which means he is in charge. Of a, of a company that is a part of millions of other companies in an industry that's full of millions. He has a say in their healthcare insurance. Is another weirdly American dimension. <laughs> to this problem yeah, of, is that he's providing healthcare insurance when he's exposing an incredibly biased and gendered perspective on the healthcare policies yeah. of his staff. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, fuck around, find out, say that kind of shit. And understandably, you're gonna get what happens to you. And and I, I have to wonder if, like, besides the, the moral ethical concerns, that's where, like, the, the amount of money getting tossed around after making a statement like this would cause the rest of the people in the company to all gather together and vote him off the island in a day. One day. That's that it happened fast. Yeah, if you're so pro-life, get a vasectomy, you know. If you're so bothered by creation, get a vasectomy. Apparently, the uh, horse pills that Joe Rogan's taking are not not good for that either. It uh, it's 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 bad for, yeah. for fertility. Make yourself infertile. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. It's just laughable that he thought it was a good thing to tweet. Secondly, laughable that he thinks that his opinion on this matter is important. It is absolutely not. And if you're someone who thinks that you have an opinion on what women can do with their bodies is just mad. How many, how many of the, the trip, uh, tripwire interactive people are female as well? I would expect a minority, but at least a few. Well, yes. <sighs> at least Georgia still has high res studios. We got, we got one game developer. You can feel kind of okay about supporting, I guess. God damn it, Georgia. God damn it, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. And I, I heard that guy was at PAX West as well. And I, I yeah. Oh, that, that would have had to have been awkward. Yeah. Oh, you're that guy. Good job. Oh, Jesus. Well, he's, oh, he's been replaced. They are uh, replacing John Gibson with uh, Alan Wilson, who is a <laughs> founder who's now going to serve as interim CEO. It's like you're making him fake names white men john gibson <laughs> alan wilson they're always speaking of patriarchy they're someone's sons you know that's that's another weird thing to learn about when playing crusader kings is 
Because that's where that comes from. Everyone's named after a patriarch somewhere down the line. Sad news. Just not what we want to be talking about, George. Oh! Let's flip the script. Let's flip the script. I, uh, da, 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 let's see. Um, what do our blessed, what do our blessed humans who who follow us into the anointed light? We 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 got those, but I I just want to put, extremely quickly say one good news is that Valve has won an appeal over a silly lawsuit involving putting buttons on the back of a controller. That's cool, right? That's cool for them that's cool that's all just you know wanted to have a little bit of one positive little sprinkling into the not really sure why that's positive but wait why did, i'm not really sure because it, it would mean that more people are able to make controllers with buttons on the back because buttons on the back are awesome and corsair has been holding on to a patent regarding um how how exactly the springs and levers got to be placed every time microsoft makes an xbox elite controller they have to pay a licensing fee to them it'll I'm sure Valve have like a thousand patents that they've tried to do there. So I'm not really sure what the positiveness. But breaking down the patents is good for competition, which lowers prices and give consumers more options, right? That's how capitalism is supposed to work, at least. Well, fingers crossed. That thing that doesn't work works. <laughs> Listener questions. Uh, submit them to Yay, dad, positive. dad and Sons Podcast at gmail.com. We will have to see how positive they get because, you know, with george brain will filter everything through a prediction of, of this week i realized there's a lot more of you than i thought there was in the world and you're all fantastic oh you're talking about the listeners i thought you were talking about george no i mean that there's there's enough george for me in my life uh the first question is specific to liam though a uh oh. a, a user who who simply goes by the name of blue um said Hello, Blue. Specific to Liam, if you could take George and Matt to any football match in Europa, and no, you cannot pick Manchester City, where would it be and why? Oh, interesting. I mean, arguably, of course, I would I would have taken you to a Man City match because they're my team, and I also think our games, the atmosphere is pretty incredible. Well, that's a, the easy answer they're already predicting, so. I'd have to take you to some sort of rivalry, I would, I would assume. Do they get nasty? Oh, they get nasty, but you can feel it. Like, you can feel it in the mm. air, even when things are fine. You can feel it. I would argue, even if you're not into sport, if you go to a live event, especially soccer, football, if you go to a live football match, there's something that will turn you towards enjoying it more than push you away from it. You get swept up in it. It's like a moment. And yeah. They, they are they can be quite special so i wanted to ask if you've ever been to any japanese baseball games i haven't yet actually i've heard they they get crazy like that is where they let their energy out yeah i've been to a couple of japanese football matches and i've also been to a sumo oh was, yeah i've been to sumo i can't say that was the most entertaining it night of the trip yeah, it's not that great <laughs> it's so expensive and it's not it, it was kind of a tourist trap yeah yeah, a lot of money. But football is great. Even in, we, Japanese fans of football too. I do want to go to a baseball match. I want to really, I do want to see the Hiroshima Cup or the Hanshin Tigers in Japan because, uh, you know, baseball is Japan's national sport. Um, Football, I guess I would take you to a rivalry. So I would say, if I can't take you to Man City, I would maybe take you to either Liverpool or Manchester United because that's an old tense rivalry and we'd support Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool. At Anfield. 
That's a good quality to have. Or I would take you maybe, I would maybe take you to a game I've never seen. I don't think I've even watched it on TV, which is Celtic versus Rangers in Scotland. Because they hate each other. They vehemently hate each other. And that goes back to something that George then can read up on, which is Catholics and Protestants. Oh, shit. Each other. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Yeah, so you could read into it and, you know, you could edutain yourself whilst also watching football. And obviously, Scottish football is a lot different to English football. It's a bit of a lower quality. It's a bit more gritty. It's a bit more violent. And also, stadiums are smaller, so you could feel the atmosphere. I think maybe maybe Rangers versus Celtic would be a good one in Scotland. So is it Celtic and not Celtic? No, Celtic. Really? Celtic. I've been saying that in my head wrong my whole life. I don't know how many times I've said that out loud. Well, no, it's Celtic. You're you're saying Celtic correctly, but the team is called Celtic. It's different. It's spelled different too. <laughs> it's kind of, that sounds complicated. It's it's not. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Like the Boston Celtics, right? They're not called the Boston Celtics. They are they? They're called the Boston Celtics. I literally do not know enough about sports to to. Well, there you go. So yeah, you're not the authority on this. So don't worry. A big European Champions League game in europe on a on a wednesday night somewhere in europe i don't know somewhere fancy where we can eat salami and drink wine let's go to like italy let's go watch inter milan versus barcelona or juventus let's go watch juventus versus barcelona in you know milan or something what is juventus are are they from juventus are the most popular well they're the 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 most successful team in italy so, so with regards to these rivalries, how how are the rivalries expressed? How how did the tensions between the two groups get uh get vocalized during these these occasions? Minus the obvious, which of course is pelting the shit out of each other when you're in the streets. Uh, well, what do they pelt them with? Fists and okay. bottles and there's a lot of fighting in football. That's what hooliganism is. <laughs> But no, I, you know, shouting and screaming and singing and telling people their shit and, and then trying to reach over to them if you're close enough. Yeah, no, I don't know. So you can feel it, the tension. I don't know, you know, if you go to concerts and you hear everybody singing at the same time and in, in, in harmony to a song, yeah. in that, it's that kind of bass. Synchronicity. Rattles through your body. But you have like a unique hatred for another team at the same time, so you can feel the atmosphere of it. And apparently, the 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 blood of your ancestors are involved yeah. if it's a religious. The blood of our enemies. Medieval conflict between the, the Catholics yeah. and Protestants. Damn. I'd advocate that you know sports on TV. Understandably, if you're not into sports, it can be quite boring because you're missing a significant part of what makes sport great, which is. You know, the entertainment live and the atmosphere of other people engaging in that, the win and the loss like you are at the same time. Yeah, I've always had a hard time getting into it. I played hockey when I was a kid. Well, then you could understand it, probably. I enjoyed playing it, but I've never, ever, ever enjoyed watching. Yeah, so there are sports that are great to play, I I feel, and then there are sports that are great to watch as well. And I think sports, I think sport can be so great because it's so diverse that there are different reasons. Like football keeps me on the edge of my seat usually, especially if it's Man City, right? For the 90 minutes, it keeps me in. But I love Formula One because Formula One is like this comfort blanket where I sit back on a Sunday evening with a beer and I just, 
I just relax. And, and you I, watch cars sit. go in one direction. And I just watch cars go. I go. They go. And then there's like ten minutes of excitement, and you're like, "Ooh, what's gonna happen?" And then for that ten minutes, it's like all intense, and it's a it's a red flag, and they're all behind the safety car, and and one guy's out, and oh my god, this other guy may win, and you know, and then it settles back down again, and you get to relax again, and you know, it's like a really comforting, and it's always on a Sunday night, and it's always very relaxed. It's like the end of the week. It's a very relaxing experience. I, I like it. So, so you know, baseball is supposed to be the American pastime, right? But every kid born from like 1980 onwards has not been able to get into baseball. And the industry's always, I think at least, I might be factually wrong, but so far as I've been able to tell from crowd sizes and the backgrounds of the TV shows, it seems like less and less people watch baseball every year. Because it's really boring! But my friend Scrib, who lived in Japan for, for a year or two teaching English, said he went to a baseball game and it's nothing like that. That like like the referee has to like break up fights between the players, that the audiences will like like throw things across the stands at each other, that, that the rivalries develop. And I feel like 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 maybe uh, enjoying watching a sport is more 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 up to do with how the audience is, is performing than the athletes sometimes. I don't know. Like, even if sports bad, I still, in, I, I, you know, I can enjoy it. I, I, I did mildly enjoy watching some college basketball when I was in college, but that's just, that's it. That's all. I've never enjoyed any other sports. And I've, uh, when I was a kid, my parents took me to a lot and I never got anything out of them up until maybe one or two games of college basketball. And, and when I was the one in, in, in the ring playing hockey myself. Do you watch other people play Hunt Showdown? No, not Hunt Showdown. I I did I I enjoy a good let's play with entertaining commentary, but Hunt Showdown is like baseball. It's slow. If you were watching your friends play Hunt Showdown and you were kind of like you could feel the tenseness because you understand the game mechanics, you understand what is a good play, you understand what is a bad play, you understand what is a mistake, what is, you know, a successfully thought out thing. I think sport depends on your investment, right? If you understand what the mechanics are and you understand the difference between a good decision and a bad decision in the sport you get way more out of it because you can analyze it at a different thing sport is tough if you just don't know what's going on because you're unable to tell whether something's good or bad and then you're kind of just watching something that happens but like i think if you watch somebody play hunt showdown you'd be able to digest it in a way that is similar to sport where you're able to segment it into oh that was a great you know a great idea or, or oh my god i can't believe he he just did that or oh my god she just died and that was you know she should have done this and and then you get into the gaming parts of sport and it, you know with the last clutch play i think you can understand a bit more of like how but the downtime like even in basketball well not in college basketball but in in national basketball that's on tv there's a lot of downtime just to play commercials that's a you thing. That's a that's a that's an American thing. That is entirely just an American thing. Japanese sports and British sports are not like that. When you play football, there's no like and brought to you by Powerade is the halftime show or oh, play of the game. I wish it was just halftime. They literally stop like for fucking two minute commercial breaks every 90 seconds sometimes yeah. in NBA games. It is Play of the game. ridiculous how fast paced and nonstop a good game of basketball is, but an NBA game is stop and go full of downtime. Play of the last 10 minutes or 10 seconds brought to you by the Ford Corolla. Now, now just sit and look pretty for two minutes. 
I can't watch. I can't. That's why I've always been infuriated by American football. I cannot watch that sport for love nor money. Yeah, I never got into it either. Every 30 seconds. Every. And it's so infuriating. I just, I don't. Even golf moves faster. (laughs) That says a lot. And that says a lot. (laughs) I wonder how many times in history that sentence has been uttered. Even golf moves faster is not something anyone gets to say often. (laughs) No, I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's mad. But I think sport can be pretty great. I, I know, you know, not traditionally a gaming thing, but I do feel there's a lot of similarities between the highs of what we get out of games and the highs of what we can get out of sports, both playing and also spectating it is the the ancient ancestor of video games <laughs> yeah video games came from sports pong was the first video game arguably it stems from sports and then and then you try to think where sports came from and it gets a little nastier whether or not combat sports if wrestling yeah. if it was wrestling the first game in history uh, you know yeah, when, when you people. when you play with 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 the doggy even if you're a cute little beautiful doggy who who doesn't have like language and, and humanity circulating through their brains they the, the games they play with you are fighting games it's tug of war it's chasing around the house and Maybe I, I shouldn't think too much about this before asking a question from Began Blue. <laughs> Good old Began. Dear dads and daughters, Gama Sutra is rebranding as game developer. I'm sure anyone can think of reasons why one or both names are questionable. I started to wonder how you would call your own gaming-centric website. <laughs> superbunnyhop.com you did already yeah yeah i thought it was you already did combining nintendo's thing with the quake thing game developer magazine already exists calling it game developer they need something some sort of third word i can totally understand why i always liked gamma sutra but i can understand why grandma wouldn't but uh man gamma sutra is at least a fun pun you know yeah but if you want to be taken seriously it is the industry's only business outlet it's not great. But I do think Game Developer Magazine has already been taken. I'm just going to double check that because otherwise, why wouldn't they put that on the end, even if it's online? Uh, yeah, Game Developer Magazine existed from 94 to 2013. <laughs> oh, man. Hit points. That already exists. All the good ones already exist, I'm sure. Energy meter? Upgrade tree? Mm, have you ever heard of that in games? Upgrade tree, that's a good one. I like that. Hmm. Yeah, something a little bit about like the production process, making things better over time or managing, you know, your your team's energy. Mine would be entirely a game developer focused one, too. I have a fun idea. Go on. Game development strategy guide. (laughs) Game dev strategy guide issue number one. How to be the best game developer. How to make a Spelunky clone. How to make a Super Mario clone in 10 easy ways. Yeah, they should totally do something with the strategy guide terminology. That would be really cute, I think. I think that would be adorable. And still get the idea across and make it sound appealing to to industry types. I'd, I'd call mine, yeah, like strategy guide, game dev strategy guide, strategy guide. No, it wouldn't be strategy guide magazine. It would... Unfortunately, having game dev in front messes up the smoothness of the vowels and the, the, the syllables, but... You'd never run out of ideas for, for how to format it and give it its look and aesthetics either. 
Oh, I'm getting all wispy thinking about the good old days of magazines and how how when I grew up as a kid, I thought that I'd I'd come into some opportunity where I'd get to decide a page layout and what colors I'd want next to my column. And <laughs> those those dreams are gone. I feel like the best outlet name already existed, and it was a it's now a defunct magazine in the UK, and it was Games TM. Just <laughs> that is pretty good and it was a fantastic magazine it was up there as the best alongside edge which still exists thankfully uh, it games tm games tm was brilliant you ever read through a kill screen i did i knew people who worked at kill screen yeah are they still around like uh wikipedia is not making it easy to find out i don't think so but uh kill screen i i always thought was a really really fun name for insider industry game dev types who are gonna gonna get the joke behind it and it still says kill yeah but it's kill screen yeah. which doesn't necessarily mean it has to be violent just it just it's more about the finality of the word kill than the actual verb of the word kill you could be super artsy and like an asshole about it and you could be like www.emergentplay.com emergence emergence yeah, magazine emergence. really rolls emergence off the tongue Mag nicely yeah emergence magazine mm. that wouldn't be the cheap one you know yeah some terrible gaming what did we call them um what are the words like synergy what, what did they call them in business like those words uh buzzwords buzzwords yeah you're right yeah buzzwords like we could come up with loads of really wanky game developer buzzwords considering how many good ideas we just thought at the top of our head in like five minutes what the hell happened when they decided to call their magazine game informer Come on, guys. I feel like that's a great one. I it's way too simple. Yeah, that's works. Like like they would they would they were treading the water of what all game developers need to do before <laughs> just, they even knew it. I guess I'll read Game Informer to be informed on games. Yeah, Game Informer. <laughs> like, oh, we're your number one resource for informing you about games. Like, that, I don't know. Makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, that's like calling a, a cooking magazine food informer. <laughs> or a car magazine car informer. No, it, it's more the equivalent of like, no, it's more of like the equivalent of like chef's chef's digest or something right that's that it's like it's outlining yourself as the number one place to go as the place to find information i feel like it does what it says it's better than kill screen like i get it but you don't know what you're gonna get i mm. i don't know it's been around for like 25 years give them some credit well maybe that's why i'm yearning for something new i don't know you i think we've already got some pretty good way i think i th always thought waypoint was a great name for a website waypoint's a great name electronic gaming monthly is like on the same tier as game informer for me. nintendo power was a great name nintendo power is a good name yeah they could have called it anything like, uh, like they did in the UK, which was terrible. Official Nintendo magazine. Playing with power. Yeah, it's great. I feel like Game Informer is up there with, with official Nintendo, official PlayStation magazine, official no, Nintendo no, no, magazine. No, no. It's it, just... They're using the word informer. Like, informer sounds like a spy. Like, informant. Man. If they called it Game Informant, that would have been better. How unimaginative is my brain then? Because I didn't think of that. I was thinking of the like someone looking at a dictionary how often do you use the word informer in your daily life when i no no if you're a spy you're an informant 
It's different. Yeah. It's different. But I'm asking you, how often do you use the word informer in your life? Oh, three to five times a year. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Talking to sources, it's exactly interviews. Word. Just it's simple. Simple always stands out. How do you remember Kill Screen or or do you remember Game Informer? When I'm on my deathbed, I I, I guess I'll concede. When I'm on my deathbed, there's going to be more memories of Game <laughs> Informer than there are of Kill Screen. Thank you. Most recently, you can find a gameplay preview of Curse to Golf on <laughs> Oh, I, I asked, but I don't think you, you said the answer or know the answer. If they're still doing the print edition and if you're going to show up in the print edition. I have no idea. I don't know, actually. <laughs> That's where we're at as an like, industry you know, now. <laughs> I know. But we, I, we aren't going to be an edge in October, so God. there is one print magazine that's going to be still around. I feel like the only time I've laid eyes on a newspaper in the past five years has been in like the business class section of the airplane before you walk to the poor people section in the back. I miss it. I really I really miss it. I really miss having physical... I mean, I have, I have the OG Edge magazine down here that has has the original written report about the web version of Curse to Golf. And it's just nice to pick up and, you know, hold it. And, you know, it's still very nice paper. It has a nice cover of Psychonauts 2, which now is a game that's out. It feels authoritative. It, it fools you into thinking they know better than when they're writing the online articles. You can see with the years how they've cooked. I remember when Edge magazine was a thick mother of a magazine it was a very thick and now it's a very thin slice let's say because of course it you know um, that it costs money so quickly flipping through nowadays what sort of uh, advertisements do they look like well what are what are the products that are buying ad space for print editions these because it's been it's been years since i've flipped through one of those um mostly web yeah web focused stuff but the uk ones barely have any advertising in them Famitsu, on the other hand, oh boy. Oh, is Famitsu still a thing? Actually, is Japanese print physical media still been a thing throughout the pandemic? Yeah, that's never changed. And you turned out you were, were, were you in a print Famitsu? <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, no, we were on the line online one, and actually, I was interviewed three times by, at Bit Summit by Famitsu. Oh, was it a uh, Japanese or English? It was Japanese. Like we nice. had nice. They probably respect the hell out of you. Well, I had some help as well, but no, we were interviewed when we arrived at Bit Summit, like showing the game off and being. We were a part of the Famitsu stream, and then we were interviewed during bit summit because the game was getting you know a lot of plays and it was kind of one of the i, I mean I, it's amazing to say but you know it was one of the games of the show and then of course we won the excellence in game design award at bit summit and then we got interviewed again <laughs> well it was kind of interesting yeah like i said the first of many there'll, there'll be a whole nother glut of this on launch too that'll keep you awake for days i'm sure I don't know. I I don't even want to. I don't even want to think about that. I don't. I can't because I still have such a job to do. Which is the mission has changed from like, oh, let's just get people to notice the game to, holy shit, people actually might like this game. Therefore, we need to make a good game. <laughs> I think you're you're gonna have a lot of fun with all the uh, the interviews that are gonna come after launch. It's been really fun seeing the Cruelty Squad developer react to his. Uh, commercial success the guy did like one has he reacted to your video yet uh he retweeted it on his consumer soft pro... <laughs> fucking i love that name he retweeted it on the official consumer soft products uh twitter account but his main account is hilarious it's it's based it's like drill two 
And um, he did one <laughs> interview shortly after launch that was really snarky, like all ironic short answers about how fucked up he is. But then after he like started selling in, in the hundreds of thousands of copies and is sitting on top of a big pile of Scrooge McDuck money now, he did a really serious, genuine interview with um, Vice Motherboard. And and considering the guy's like attitude on the rest of his Twitter account, like I'm surprised they they got him there. His whole shtick as a, as an artist is so drenched in in like kind of confrontational irony that uh, seeing seeing them dig out quotes about how he wanted to recapture the magic of discovering secrets in Super Mario 64 and Cruelty Squad was was something I doubt he was really preparing to get into with some of these interviews. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could throw my Twitter feed under the bus and just start tweeting nonsense out like he does. That would be brilliant. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think I've built that brand. And I'm doing the quotation marks here. Well, it's it's part of the branding. It's part of yeah. the consumer soft products brand strategy. <laughs> I wish. I tweet some nonsense sometimes, but I don't think I can do that. Uh, but yeah, that's... Uh... It's fun to watch uh, the the personality-driven game development react to old media, and it's scary as hell to watch there be less and less print media as the years roll on, especially after the pandemic. But anyways, like I said, that's where we're at as an industry. You get a lot of your good press on Twitter more than anywhere else these days. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty crazy. We do have to wrap up, but I feel like we just opened up a whole nother can of worms of interesting questions. I do want to ask you if you're nervous about how from here on out until like at some indescribable point after launch, are you nervous about how you have more of a spotlight on you than usual? And then how you got to like be on your best behavior most of the time mm. when, when that's on you? Um... Or is that just normal nowadays for anyone who has some degree of of uh, public influence. Maybe, maybe we're all used to having the spotlight on us. I'm definitely more aware. So now this has become like a therapy session because <laughs> I've had this conversation a few times. I had it, you know, I had a good conversation the other day with a good friend of the show, John Wolf, Superman, about how basically everything I've wanted as a game developer kind of came within one week, right? You know, it's so hard to get noticed. It's so hard to get coverage. It's so hard to get anybody to pay attention. It's hard to win awards. It's hard to get a game rise. I read so many on, like, I, like, I, I, this is why I, I stress it on the show. I, half my job is, is spending time reading about how to beat the Steam algorithm, how to beat the YouTube algorithm, how to do these things and how to get noticed and how to work as an indie game developer. And then all of a sudden we we took a really risky move and we made a trailer which features me prominently being myself, which is, you know, I think anybody who's listened to this show is, you know, I'm super passionate about making games and I always have been. When we started this show, I was just a budding game developer, you know, I was just making prototypes before I joined Q Games and, and whatnot. I, I've become aware that things have kind of gone beyond any expectations I had. Like the game now is currently like if you press roguelike or roguelite or sports or golf or pixel art or 2D or puzzle or anything that's slightly tangentially related to Custer Golf, if you click those tags on Steam and you go to upcoming, Custer Golf is on the front page of all of them. And now that means that media reach out and you get people like Patrick Klapek DMing you and saying, can I play a build of the game? And then you have Kotaku writing like two articles about your game. And all of that then focuses back onto the trailer and then more people watch the trailer, which means more people see my face. Therefore, more people 
reach out on Twitter and, and you become more acutely aware. But then I just have to remember that the reason why people like that trailer or the people who do like it because I was just myself in it. So why would I change that? And uh, Matt sending us screenshots of whenever he sees your game pop up in his YouTube recommendations. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. There, there's a snowball, snowballing effect to it. It is. And I wanted to ask you as well, because I asked John the same question. And I think it's really important. It's like, was it a thing that just happened that then it was just out of control? Because like with Curse to Golf yeah. right now, I mean, it's dying down a little bit. But last week was like out of control. It's like I, I talked yeah. with Justin uh, Ma, who also made Into the Breach. We had breakfast and... I was talking like, you know, is this what it's been like for you for like 10 years? Because, you know, Into the Breach and FTL get talked about all the time. The the, the snowball effect, uh, to, to be like a little blunt, it kind of means you don't have to try as hard after the snowball gets rolling. Well, that was what was, yeah. It was it was Total Biscuit. Like, like no one was watching my channel mm. up until Total Biscuit started promoting it. And then on the day afterwards the the graph did look like a snowball and it's been yeah. snowballing ever since you know kind of slowed down a bit uh, since since yeah. the past two years were so much slower but the thing is is that when i get back into it the snowball's gonna get back up like the ball is still there i'm not gonna have to get promoted by total biscuit ever again well that's what i'm wondering now is whether the announcement and how successful like i can't say anything other than it's been a success a huge success because it's way beyond any of our expectations i mean a combined total across all of the different trailers across youtube is about two hundred thousand views right that's amazing for an indie game it's not like huge nintendo numbers or anything or, or like youtuber numbers for that matter but for like little indie game trailers they they usually yeah, hover but, around 40k yeah exactly and and like the the thing that stood out the most is that the the response has been so positive it's it's been such an overwhelming amount of like wow i really want to play this game like this would be perfect on the switch or oh my god this is uh, this is amazing like i can't wait to play it. and it's like every comment is is this weird positive there's no like 50 50 about it which usually you find with game announcements oh i love it oh i hate it i love it i hate it with curse to golf it's this weird like almost unanimous thing and i i don't mean that lightly i mean that is kind of just like what has happened which now means the hard part is like, oh my God, we have to actually make the game good. We have to deliver <laughs> upon all these expectations because if we come out and the game is not like an eight or it's a nine or whatever, you know, it's like we failed on that success of the announcement. And, and the pressure of that is, I feel that. I, I, I really do. I really feel that now. Um, and it, it's scary for sure. Yeah, and I don't envy that at all. Like I vomited when I made the Patreon announcement. I... I... Did you do any stress vomiting? Well, no, but, you know, I've had to deal with running a team and, you know, making sure my team are happy and making sure that they're happy making the game and stuff like that. In a long way back around to what you were talking about, about awareness of like who is working on games and stuff like that. The proudest thing I take away from this is the the announcement was so successful and we have such an amazing team making the game. I'm so lucky I get to direct these people, but every single one of them changed their Twitter bio to say, Curse to Golf. Like, I'm the writer of Curse to Golf, or I'm the musician on Curse to Golf, or I'm the art director for Curse to Golf, or I'm a programmer on Curse to Golf. And all these people changed it because they're so proud to be working on what they're working on. And that is like the greatest success to me as somebody who's mind, I'm entirely responsible for a person's everyday day-to-day -day happiness right like i am someone's boss and therefore it is up to me to not be a miserable horrible person and games are great and like making games is important but it's never as important as somebody's job right i don't want my programmer turning up every day being like oh, I, I don't want to spend another 
nine hours working with Liam, right? You don't want to be in the news for all the bad reasons. Well, I don't think I would ever because just because of Rockstar, right? Look at what I took away from Rockstar. I never want to inflict that upon someone else. But I also don't want to be someone who is so obsessed with game design like I am, but so obsessive to the point where you're fixating on things that get frustrating and they get in the way of progress. And and it's it's been a hard balance between how do we make the best game possible by obsessing about the little details and, and making the game polished at the balance of not frustrating every teammate and team member about oh i need this pixel to be over here i need this to feel like this and spending seven hours trying to tweak the most minutiae of things but you know to get to a good game you have to go through those long and vigorous processes but thankfully everybody on the team is very you know pumped and, and willing to work on it so to to go all the way back to whether i feel the intensity a bit more or you know people staring at me a bit more i definitely i'm happy about one thing which is Publicly, I think most people know me as a podcaster, and I've been fine with that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Dan Sons is an amazing thing, and we have an amazing community and stuff like that. But at the same time, my job is a game designer, and I want to be known for what oh, I no. do. Oh, no. You're going to get known as an auteur game designer now. Well, I don't want that, but I do want to be known as a game designer as well, right? I don't want to just be known as a podcaster. I want to be known as someone like the people I respect. My, uh, my dream is to be... You know, somebody like the people I respect, you know, really talented game designers. And because that's what I I love and that's what I care about. It's what I'm passionate about. I love game design. And Bid Summit was amazing because we won an award and I'm so happy. And I would have been so happy if we won any award because that's amazing. But the award we won was excellence in game design. And that that meant a great deal personally, of course. But I, I don't know. Last week was just mental. On, on on another uh, a sort of positive message to to play us out with as a, as a well-known podcaster. Yeah, sorry. That was like a therapy session. Yeah. <laughs> I I I do want to ask again. You did get your your second dosage like just yesterday, right? I did. Yeah, I'm fully, And it sounds like you it. are fine if not pretty darn great right now. You 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 sound absolutely energetic yeah. and and confident and like like it hasn't hit you that hard. Yeah, I feel like maybe I got like a fake dosage because I don't feel anything. I feel a bit like tired and uh, yesterday I was tired, but my arm is a little achy, but I don't feel anything. I didn't get a high fever or anything. So some people get side effects, some people don't. See how easy it is, kids? Yeah. Look look exactly. look look at this. And all and all this this happiness and energy and confidence and success you too can have if you uh you know get vaccinated and wear masks and and maybe uh, uh be extremely careful about what groups and conventions you go to. Uh, you can become a successful game designer if you take your second vaccine oh, shot. Oh no, the yawn. I guess I jinxed it. Yeah, no, God, I'm fading. <laughs>